the Seattle Opera Podcast. Hi, opera-loving podcast listeners. It's Jonathan Dean, Seattle Opera Supertitles translator for operas in Italian, French, and German, and useless deadweight when it comes to Eastern European languages. I'm here with a podcast introducing Eugene Onyegin. The Great Russian Opera will present in January 2020. Please subscribe to our Seattle Opera podcast and rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you like to listen. Eugene Onyegin is an absolutely gorgeous opera, a breathtaking and unique work about the human heart. You don't have to understand Russian to understand the heartsick sigh of love's longing which opens this opera. So good. Let's hear it again. That's what Tchaikovsky's opera does so well. Gets right in there in this wonderfully tender and intimate way and gives us the real experience of love translated into music. The excitement, the frustration, the bliss, the bitterness, all the passion. Eugene Onyegin tells an extremely relatable story about middle-class people who date and get married, who fight, and who sometimes miss out on love because of bad timing or social pressure or fear and laziness and pride. Love does not work out for the protagonists of this opera. But Eugene Onyegin isn't a tragedy. It's too close to life for that. And if you're wary of operas that are real and relatable, if you go to the opera to escape into a richer, more vivid world, fear not, Eugene Onyegin is also a gloriously entertaining romantic opera on a grand scale. Let's listen to some of its great chorus music. Curious thing about Tchaikovsky, who was one of the Russian composers most beloved by the entire world. When the chorus first come on stage in Eugene Onyegin, their music is as Russian as can be. During his own lifetime, Tchaikovsky was a little bit the odd man out among the club, or clique, of composers trying to break Russian music free of Western European influence. They all felt that he revered Mozart too much, that his music was contaminated by Western styles and forms. Tchaikovsky certainly understood Italian opera, what makes Italian opera work. Just listen to the big ensemble Tchaikovsky wrote to climax Eugene Onyegin's party scene that goes south when two best friends get in a fight and the tenor challenges the baritone to a duel. It's a kind of scene familiar from many a great Verdi opera, where everybody sings at the same time about how surprised and shocked they all are. (laughs) 
So if you like those romantic operas with a big orchestra and chorus, you'll love Eugene Onegin. But what's so great about it is it's also very up close and personal, this intimate story about two young couples in search of love. Some years back, we reconfigured Eugene Onegin as a chamber opera and toured it around Washington State with young singers and a piano. It's such an intimate musical experience, it was really successful in that form. But it works even better, as you'll experience it on the main stage with all the bells and whistles. Tchaikovsky was a little leery of grand opera when he composed this work in 1877. He just returned to Russia from a tour in Western Europe that took him to the world premiere of Wagner's Ring. He didn't like it. He was also fed up with Verdi, whose Aida was conquering the world at the time. Tchaikovsky found these extravagant and exotic opera subjects overblown and unrelatable. He wanted a story about ordinary, everyday domestic life. He turned to one of the ubiquitous works of Russian literature, Pushkin's famous novel in verse written half a century earlier. Pushkin is to Russian what Shakespeare is to English. And even to this day, Russians study this amazing poem in school. Its plot, which is also the plot of the opera, is simple. A young man kills his best friend and wastes his one chance at true love. Straightforward plot, extraordinarily rich and complex characters. Tchaikovsky himself had an ambivalent and conflicted attitude toward Eugene Onegin, his protagonist. Onegin is sophisticated and attractive, but empty and frozen inside. That makes it difficult for Onegin, the opera character, to express his emotions musically. In Pushkin's original poem, irony is baked into the character because there's a narrator who is much more human than Onegin. Also because of the outrageous, brilliant verse form Pushkin uses. The opera's libretto is basically lines from the poem put into the mouths of the characters. As an example, listen to the poem's very first stanza, which introduces this curious character of Eugene Onegin. Here's that first stanza translated into English in 1990 by James E. Phelan and read by Aidan Lang. My uncle, man of firm convictions, by falling gravely ill, he's won a due respect for his afflictions, the only clever thing he's done. May his example profit others. But God, what Deadly boredom, brothers, to tend a sick man night and day, not daring once to turn away. And oh, how base to pamper grossly and entertain the nearly dead, to fluff the pillows for his head and pass him medicines morosely while thinking under every sigh. The devil take you, uncle, die! Now, here's what those lines sound like when sung by a baritone playing Eugene Onegin in the opera. Yeah. 
Onyegin will warm up musically by the time we get to the final act, but the other characters are constantly bearing their souls in Tchaikovsky's wonderfully intimate music. The first character we get to know is Olga, who's our mezzo-soprano, and she's the least complicated of them. In her aria, Olga compares herself to her gloomy older sister, Tatiana, and concludes, You take life way too seriously, Tanya. Easy come, easy go. That's the only way to be. Accordingly, Olga's music is attractive and carefree, although not profound. Olga is dating a young man named Vladimir Lensky, a tenor who fancies himself a tormented poet. He's actually a big poser, and he's kind of mismatched with Olga. Their marriage was arranged by their parents, and clearly she doesn't care too much who she marries as long as he looks the part, and he's going to wax poetic about his beloved no matter who she may be. In his aria, you can hear Lensky working himself up into an absolute froth of tormented passion. Olga's sister, Tatiana, is probably our most sympathetic character. She's a bookish young woman who looks shy and quiet, but who has an intense inner life. She has the bad luck to fall madly in love at first sight with Eugene Onegin, whom she meets because his buddy Lensky is dating Tatiana's sister. Tatiana not only crushes hard on Onegin, she stays up all night writing him this epic love letter. Thank you. 
done that? Written a long love letter to the victim of your crush? I'm not saying it can't work out, but Tatiana's experience is also horribly plausible. She sends the letter, immediately regrets it, and then has the excruciating experience of listening to Anyagin sing her his frosty, let's just be friends, aria. Sorry, you're nice, but I'm just not the marrying kind, he tells her. And as the plot unfolds, she marries somebody else, Prince Gremin, a powerful and wealthy older man, a smart match for any young woman. Too bad Tatiana doesn't love Gremin. As her husband gets to know her, he recognizes Tatiana's courage and honesty and basic goodness, and Gremin falls madly in love with her. Consolation for Tatiana is that Onegin, too, eventually falls in love with her, although by then it's way too late. Our anti-hero's frozen heart begins to defrost after this idiotic duel in which he kills his pal Lenski. They're fighting over absolutely nothing, just pride and stubbornness and a ridiculous social code of honor. It may be that Onegin has always kept his heart on ice because he thinks the alternative, personified by Lenski with his play-acting at being the tragic, sensitive poet, is so ridiculous. But once Lenski is gone, Onegin sees things differently. And the next time he meets Tatiana, he's so overcome by love, he ends up singing her love music. that aria turns into dance music there at the end? I'd be remiss not to mention the fantastic dances we hear all the way through this opera. Tchaikovsky, after all, is played all the time in McCall Hall, only usually not by Seattle Opera, but by Pacific Northwest Ballet. Eugene Onegin's dance music follows Tatiana's journey up the social ladder of 19th century Russia. In the first scene, the peasants on her family's country estate dance a lively korovod, or circle dance. In the next act, they're having a party for Tatiana, and they all dance the very middle-class waltz. And also the mazurka. But 
biggest dance sequence is the glittering ball that starts Act 3 in the imperial capital of St. Petersburg, where Tatiana is now a queen of high society. Here they dance a magnificent polonaise. Tchaikovsky wrote lots of operas, but Eugene Onyekin may very well be his masterpiece. It has something for everybody, and it's one of those works that changes its meaning as you revisit it over the years. Thanks for listening to our Eugene Onyekin 101 podcast. The Seattle Opera Podcast is a co-production of Seattle Opera and King FM. Find more episodes at your favorite podcast provider or at seattleopera.org or king.org. Musical examples from Seattle Opera's 2002 archival recording of Eugene Onegin, starring Vladimir Cheronov as Onegin, Kurt Streit as Lenski, Helene Schneiderman as Olga, Nucha Focile in her Seattle Opera debut as Tatiana, and Alexander Anisimov as Prince Graming. Andreas Mitisek conducted the Chorus and Orchestra of Seattle Opera. Excerpt of Lenski's aria sung by William Burden at the 2014 Spate Celebration conducted by Sebastian Long-Lessing.